following audio is from Crossroads Church in West Ossipee, New Hampshire. For more information about Crossroads Church, you can go to www.crossroadsossipee.com. Good morning. I suppose you're uh, wondering how I got to be up here. Um, what happened was, is before Heath went on sabbatical, um, I went, was talking to him, and we were just having a conversation, and he says, well, you know, John's looking for somebody to give the sermons while I'm gone. And I said, uh, okay. He says, well, would you be willing to do one? And I said, well, let me think about that. John walks up, and we're talking, and Heath, out of the blue, says, George volunteered to give a sermon. And uh, I said, I looked at John, and John pulls out this three-by-five card out of his pocket. He goes, when do you want to do it? And I said, I'll think about it. Two days later, I get this email from John. I said, oh, nice. Let me see what he has to say. And I open it up, and he says, you will be giving sermon on August 18th. So that's how I got to be up here. <laughs> yes. All right, let's pray, open up in prayer. Thank you, dear Lord, for the opportunity to present your word to your people. Thank you for, the, for all we have. Blessed be to your name. Amen. During my 30 years in the Army, I had to give many briefings to generals. I had to make sure I knew every little detail about our unit. The generals liked to trip you up if they could, because that would make you uncomfortable and nervous. Just to give you an example, during a briefing uh, I was giving on the unit on readiness to go to battle, you'd talk about everything from the vehicle readiness to weapons, unit strength, and so on. One time, while I was talking about the vehicle uh, readiness in the motor pool, and the general stops me, and he asks me, how many spare tires do you have? He He said in his most general authoritarian voice, if you get a flat tire on the battlefield, you not only lose the vehicle, but you also lose its firepower. And you lose the troops in the vehicle. So you better have spare tires. So how many do you have? Well, I had no idea. (laughs) Talk about feeling uncomfortable and nervous. And here I stand before you today feeling uncomfortable and nervous, just like I did standing in front of that general. My goal today For this sermon is to help you understand, especially if you are not a follower of Christ, that you will leave here today convinced that Jesus is the Messiah. So how can you be certain that Jesus is who the Bible says he is? Saul had it easy. We know Saul is Paul. But Saul had it easy when it came to who Jesus was. Jesus talked to him personally on the road to Damascus. So how else could, would he not know? Could you imagine if you 
had an encounter with Jesus like that, would you doubt anymore? Once he had that experience, he knew who Jesus was without a doubt. The disciples were with Jesus for over three years. They heard him preach. They saw him perform miracles, heal the sick, and raise the dead. And they still had their doubts until he reappeared to them and showed them the wounds in his body. Then they knew for sure Jesus was who he, he said he was, the Messiah. For us, it's faith. Faith that what the Bible says is true and we can depend on it, on that truth. Faith that what the Bible's prophets say is true. During, during one of Pastor He's sermons, he mentioned that Jesus fulfilled over 300 prophecies during his lifetime. I, for one, did not realize that Jesus had filled that many prophecies. So when I was asked to give my sermon, or told to give my sermon, I knew what my topic was going to be, proving that the Old Testament prophecies foretold of Jesus being the Messiah they wrote about. As I started to do my research, I knew that Jesus did miracles, did great things, But what I didn't know was that there were prophecies in the Old Testament all about him. I guess you could say I just never put two and two together. For For thousands of years, the Jews eagerly awaited the arrival of the Messiah of the Old Testament. Prophets precisely predicted the details of his earthly entrance, exit, existence, and exit. In the Old Testament, God's prophets pointed to a king who would lead and deliver his people. What the prophets didn't realize was that the Messiah would come to earth twice. First, as a suffering savior, and second, as a conquering king. All biblical prophecies serve one powerful purpose, to demonstrate that Christ is the Son of God. Let me say that again. All biblical prophecies serve one powerful purpose, to demonstrate that Christ is the Son of God. As Revelations 19.10 says, the purpose of prophecy is to give clear witness for Jesus. When you put all the prophecies in the Bible together, they show that Jesus was the Messiah without a doubt. Obviously, I can't cover all 300 and something prophecies. <laughs> but they all are important. For me, the two most important prophecies are Jesus' birth and his crucifixion. So let's take a look at those first. In Isaiah 7:14, it says a virgin will continue, will conceive and give birth to a son, and we will call him Emmanuel. In Matthew 1, 18 through 25, that, that's the, um, the fulfillment. Now that, now the birth of Jesus 
took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a good man and unwilling to put her on shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he, but as he, but as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call him Jesus, for he will save the people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Sorry about that. In Micah, Micah 5, 2 through 5, the Messiah will be born in the town of Bethlehem in Judea. And in Matthew 2, 1 through 6, now after Jesus was born in the town of Bethlehem in the days of Herod. Now, how can somebody a thousand years ago predict what was going to happen there? I mean, think about that. And, he, and it, they say it to the letter. To me, that's amazing. If it, it doesn't blow your mind, I mean, I don't know what will, but to me, that's just unbelievable. Isaiah 9, 7, he will be born a king on the line of David. And in Jeremiah 23, 5, behold, the day is coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up from the line of David a righteous branch. Matthew 1, 1 through 16 gives the genealogy of Jesus. These verses state clearly that Jesus is a direct descendant of David. Now, I was going to read that to you, but there are too many names in those verses that I can't pronounce, so I'll let you read them on your own. That would be Matthew 1, 1 through 16. Psalms 72, 10 through 11. Kings shall bring him gifts. And in Matthew 2, 1 through 11... After Jesus was born, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem. They bowed down and gave him gifts of incense, myrrh, and gold. Now, here's one of the prophecies I did not realize was actually a prophecy. It concerns Herod killing the children because they he feared the newborn king. Jeremiah 31:15. Thus says the Lord, a voice is heard in Ramadan, lamentations and bitter weeping. Rachel is weeping for her children because they are no more. And in Matthew two sixteen through 18, answers this prophecy by saying, Then Herod realized he had been tricked by the wise men, became furious, and had all the male children under the age of two killed, fulfilling the prophecy. Jesus was fulfilling prophecies even as a baby. I mean, I, I don't know. I can't even say the right words for that. I mean, even as a baby, he's fulfilling prophecies. Think about it. These are just few of the prophecies about Jesus' birth. There are many more, but I don't have time to go over all of them. Now, let's look at the few of the prophecies about Jesus' crucifixion. 
The crucifixion of Jesus is foretold in Psalm 22:16, which says, For dogs encompass me, a company of evildoers encircle me. They have pierced my hands and feet. That was prophesied a thousand years before Jesus' birth. Long before the method of this method of crucifixion and execution was even practiced. I mean, they were saying a thousand years before he will have his hands and feet pierced, but it hadn't even been done yet. I mean, they had never used that as a type of execution. So it just, I'm just saying this blows my mind. Psalms 22, 1. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? In Matthew 27, 48 states, Jesus said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In Psalms 22:15, it's foretold the Messiah will thirst during his execution, saying, My strength is dried up like a, like a pot's herd. My tongue sticks to the top of my mouth. In John 19, 28, knowing that all was complete, and so that scripture could be fulfilled, Jesus says, I am thirsty. Another fulfillment of scripture occurs in Psalms 27, 12. It states, give me up, give me not up to the, to the will of my adversaries and false witnesses will rise against me and breathe out violence against me. And Matthew 26, 60 shows how this happened, starting, stating many false witnesses will come forward. Mark 14, 55 through 61. Now the high priest of the whole council were seeking testimony against Jesus. So to put him to death, but they found none. For those bore false witness against him, but their testimony did not agree. And some stood up and bore false witness against him, saying, We heard him say, I will destroy this temple that is made with hands, and in three days I will build another not made by hand. Yet, even those testimonies do not agree. There are so many more prophecies about Jesus' crucifixion, such as Psalms 69:20-22 and Psalms 50. Six, Daniel nine twenty four, Zechariah twelve ten, and Zechariah thirteen six through seven. I found thirty three more prophecies that were fulfilled by Jesus at his crucifixion alone. Of these, the most important was Jesus being raised from the dead. Psalm sixteen eight through eleven. And Psalms 49.15 and 86.13 all state that God would deliver Jesus from Sheol. Sheol is mentioned 65 times in the Old Testament. 31 times it was referred to as hell. 31 times as the grave. And three times as the pit. Jesus being raised from the dead is so important because without the resurrection... What would Christianity be based on? Think about that. Jesus' being raised from the dead is so important because without the resurrection, 
What would Christianity be based on? It is so important that it is described in all the Gospels, as well as in Acts and 1 Corinthians. In Isaiah 29, 18, In that day the deaf shall hear, and out of their doom and darkness the eyes of the blind shall see. And in Matthew eleven two through 5, Now when John heard in prison about the deeds of Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? And Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk. Leopards are cleaned, and the deaf hear. And the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. And blessed be, and blessed is the one who is not offended by me. I don't have enough time to go into detail about the other prophecies, but I'm going to run down just a few more that Jesus fulfilled. The Old Testament in Zechariah 9, 9, a king comes to you riding on a donkey. And in Mark 11, 1 through 10, Jesus sent two of his disciples to the village to find the colt who no one has sat on or ridden. And he rode the colt into Jerusalem. Jeremiah 31 through 34, the day is coming, declares the, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with Israel. And in Luke 22, 15 through 20, that was changing of the law for grace. In Psalms 35, 19, he hated without reason. He would be hated without reason. Whoever hates me, uh, John 15, 24 through 25, whoever hates me, my father, they hate my father. Also, they have been told the truth, but do not want to follow it. They hate me without cause. <clears throat> In Psalms 40, 7 through 8, he will, come to, he will come to do God's will. Jesus, Jesus prayed in Gethsemane. Jesus fell on his face and prayed, not as my will, but as your will be done. In Psalms 45, 6 through 7, anointed by God, let all of God's angels worship, and therefore God has anointed you with the oil of gladness. In Psalms 78, 2, Speak, he will speak in parables, in parables with the hidden meanings. But I say to you, when your enemies, oh, excuse me, Matthew 13, 10 through 6, the disciples asked, why share in parables? And he answered them, because they do not know what stands in front of them. In Psalms 109, 4, will pray for his enemies. And in Matthew 5, 44, But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. These are just a few of the 
prophecies not related to the other things I talked to you about, um, but they're, they're just as important. How could one man fulfill 100 of these, hundreds of these prophecies that have been specifically and precisely told about Jesus long before his birth? <clears throat> Remember that these prophecies were made a thousand years before his birth. But for someone who is the son of God, it is entirely possible. In fact, Jesus himself said, I am telling you now before it happens so that when it does happen, you will believe that I am who I am. There are still many prophecies which have not been fulfilled. They will be fulfilled when Jesus returns to make his kingdom on earth. Let's pray. Dear Lord, let this message bring those who need this closer to you. Let this message help them to know you better. Amen. If you would like to participate in the mission of Crossroads Church through financial support, checks can be mailed to Crossroads Church, Post Office Box 576, West Ossipee, New Hampshire, 03890. 